On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the pleasure of talking to Tara Williams from Dreamland Baby Co. We talked all about her entrepreneurial journey, starting the company, all of the hoops that she had to jump through uh, to really get this off the ground while having four kids at home. Amazing story. I think a lot of you are going to be able to relate with this one. There was a lot of practical advice throughout this. Stay tuned. You guys are going to like this one. Hey, guys. Before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post-iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it, SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month and that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence but now that the facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns where do we go retention but it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns which we've seen all the time it requires actually having a system that increases the ltv of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time and hopefully even seeing a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. When you look at your Google Analytics account, how much of your traffic is direct? How about organic? Is it 10%, 20%, 50% or more? Honestly, for our brand, it's probably closer to 60%. And we all know that those aren't actual real attribution channels, and yet they get all of this credit. At some point in the past, your customer saw an ad or they tried your product on with a friend, or maybe they read about it online. The problem, your analytics platform operates in a vacuum and it can't track some of those high value behaviors that are actually leading to purchases. Enter No Commerce, the platform that hundreds of top tier brands like Pura Vida, Olipop, and Kizik rely on to better understand how their customers are finding them. No Commerce allows you to deploy surveys to your confirmation screen in minutes, helping you answer critical questions like, but not limited to, how did you first hear about us? What brought you to our site today? And how long did you know about us before making your first purchase. I love that one. That is an absolute gold mine of information, that question right there. Combined, these questions give you a further picture of attribution that includes all of those hard to track channels like word of mouth while cutting through all that direct traffic noise. With average response rates above 50%, and I got to say for ours, it's more like 75%, and pre-built templates that can be deployed in literally minutes, you'll be collecting this incredible insight in absolutely no time. Like I've said, with our brands, this has been a game changer. This has helped me make decisions on a massive scale that I normally wouldn't be able to make with just click 
based attribution tracking. It's incredible. Are you ready to boost your attribution? If so, go get the free plan over at nocommerce.com. That's K-N-O commerce.com. And please tell them that Jordan sent you. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back here with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. I am super excited because today I get to talk to Tara Williams from Dreamland Baby Co. Tara, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hey Jordan, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's nice to have you. I feel like I'm in. I'm talking in one and a half times again this morning, which is very good because I feel like for the last two weeks I've just been so low energy. So getting back into Christmas now, I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this. Uh, I am, and we're recording right around Christmas, right before. Uh, this episode will probably air mid-January. Tara, for people who know nothing about you or Dreamland Baby Co., can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So first, I'm a mom of four, and I'm the founder and CEO of Dreamland Baby. We sell wearable weighted blankets and sleep sacks for infants and children all the way up to age eight. Tara, four kids. How do you do it? I have three and my wife and I kind of, you know, share duties there. How do you do it with four kids and running a company of your size? It's a lot. It's a lot. I We do have a full-time nanny, so I will always be the first to say awesome. I, I don't watch them on my own. My husband works full-time as well in a more traditional role. So we do have someone who lives with us, and she works 45 hours a week. So that is the time that me and my husband get to work as well. Totally. I mean, I, I really wanted to ask you so that people can get ideas that like it is not impossible to have kids and also be running a business, right? Like it, there are ways that you can get around it. And essentially, I just want to inspire people to know like I don't don't necessarily think it's always an either or kind of choice. Totally. And I will say the first two years of the business, I did not have childcare because I was not giving myself a salary. And the way we have it structured in our house is my husband basically pays for all the house stuff and then I pay for everything else. So I couldn't have a nanny because I wasn't making any money. So it was a slow roll to start Dreamland Baby because I was watching four kids. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Let's talk about the starting. Where did the idea come from? Did you see some kind of gap in the market? that wasn't being filled? Yeah, I think like so many other founder stories, I was looking for something that didn't exist and then I took it upon myself to make it. So my fourth child, Luke, he was a terrible sleeper, woke up every hour and a half for the first six months of his life. Any parents listening know that's like a newborn and to not sleep for six months is a really long time. We had bought everything, we had tried everything. And then one night we just had a heavy throw blanket on our couch. I placed it on top of him and noticed immediately he calmed down. I really just saw this calm on his face that I had never seen before. And it really was that aha lightning moment to go to the internet and buy this product that is now our product, but I couldn't find it. And I was shocked because weighted blankets are so popular for adults and kids, even dogs. So that they didn't have them built in a wearable fashion for infants was really surprising to me. There were some loose ones, but with AAP and safety, like a loose blanket is not safe. So I wanted a sleep sack version of a weighted blanket for my baby. I called my mother-in-law and she sewed it. We got it about two weeks later. And the first night he wore it, he slept for 12 hours. So for six months, he woke up every hour and a half. And then the first night he wore it, I know it was really, it was actually, we felt like too good to be true. And we thought this has to be some kind of Yeah, yeah. It must've just been the first night, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But then the next day he took a three hour nap and that night he slept 12 hours again and he is now three and a half and we've just made bigger and bigger sizes and now he's in our weighted blanket and he still sleeps for three hours every day and he's three and a half, which is crazy. Like he has become a little bear of sleeping. Yeah. 
Oh, that is the dream. I have a, a two-year-old right now, or just over two, and yeah, he's he's still taking those big three-hour naps in the middle of the day, and Amazing. I want that until he goes to school. That's yeah. my hope. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about. So you've been doing this for. It's interesting that there was not this product out there, right? And people, you know, when they when they're looking to get into the D to C space, oftentimes think that you know every single product has been um, developed and discovered, and it's just not true. There's so many times where you you look around and you're like, I cannot find what I am looking for. What made you take that leap and actually think other people were going to be into this product? Well, so it was so immediate that it worked for us. And it was such a, I mean, truly a life changer. Now we get emails from parents who say we have saved their life. And it sounds dramatic, but when you're not sleeping to be able to get a full night of rest, it, it truly does change everything in your life. So it just, it was so impactful. And then I started, you know, because I do have four kids and at the time I had actually got laid off. I was at the startup and they closed their doors. So it was actually the first time in my life that I was home full time with my four kids. So I was doing all the drop-offs and the pickups and people were asking me like, oh, what's like, what's the pop in your step? You know? And I'm like, oh, I made this weighted blanket and it worked for my son. And a lot of people were like, wait, you couldn't just buy it. And I said, no, they don't exist. And everyone's like, no way. Like they have to exist. Or I would get people saying, you know, oh, I would have used that for my child. Like I stack blankets and I know that wasn't safe. And, or can, you know, my sister-in-law is struggling. Could your mother-in-law make one? So it was just such an obvious thing that it was so like 10 out of 10 people wanted it or thought it was an amazing idea. There was not one doubter. And when I tell that, you know, if somebody's thinking about starting a business, it's not always like that. There's lots of founders who start something and everyone's like, that's Amazon, right? Like that's never going to work. And then it yeah. it's the biggest company in the world. But for this, it was just so clear. This was a needed product, a necessary product. And so from there, I actually thought, because I'd worked for a few startups, the first thing I thought about was getting a patent. And I thought there is no way somebody doesn't have a patent on this. So yeah. before I yeah. got excited about it, I went into a patent attorney's office and lo and behold, nobody had one. And so I was like, great, let's get it. And then we were off to the races after that. Wow. That, that's awesome. That was actually going to be my next question was, did you get the patent? Next steps, you ended up going a little bit earlier on onto Shark Tank. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That was really crazy. So we had, I keep saying we, but really it was just me. My husband was not interested at all. He really, I was in medical device, like market development roles. And so he pretty specialized and he really wanted me to go back to work. He had also got laid off. This is, it was like the craziest time. The day before my son was born from his job of 14 years. Oh <laughs> so he had my literally gosh. been with the job since being in college. And then it was two months after my son was born, my startup closed. So we both all of a sudden were laid off. So it was a very hectic time. And then you add in the fact that you have this baby who's relentlessly crying. And at the time, my other three children were three, four, and five. So we had four kids, five and under. It was crazy. So we knew with his role, he probably wouldn't get another job for six months to a year. So he was really pressuring me to go back and just for, so we could have health insurance. I mean, basic. And I told him, I said, I promise you, like, this is going to work out. It's going to be big. Like people need this think about where we were and where we are now. Like we can help thousands, like millions of families. And so he did not, he did not believe in it at first. In fact, I didn't share this for a long time and now I have shared it and it's agreeing. He used to call it wasteland baby. So like it's a waste of time. So, you know, I think for anyone <laughs> saying who doesn't have a support, I know it's comical, but also- like, I know, really- but also Tara, it's so, I thanks so much for sharing that because I feel like there is often that dynamic with spouses, right? And, and lots of times your spouse 
house will be, you know, your biggest champion, but also you need yeah. to survive, right? That's a yeah. difficult, that is a difficult story, Tara, of like yeah. him losing that stable income and then being like, totally. what are we going to do? Yeah. I think we can all relate to that feeling. Yeah. And I think too, a lot of founders, they share the story, how their husband was their biggest champion or their wife and it was a team and like everybody was cheering for it. And like, that just was not my case. I mean, he truly was a hater. <laughs> like there's no other way to say it. Until, <laughs> until we got invited to Shark Tank. And then all of a sudden he saw the potential or he saw other people saw the potential and he was excited to be on the show. So it was a big turnaround for him. So I had done a Kickstarter and I actually applied to Shark Tank and then they were really excited about it. And the executive producer called me. It was surreal. I felt like this has to be a catfish. This can't be real, but it was really him. And we had this great conversation. And then he said, well, okay, so what are the sales? And that was when it was the record stopped. And I said, well, we're pre-launch. And he said, okay, just call me back once you've launched. And so we were planning on doing a Kickstarter. So I right away got that together, launched it probably earlier than I would have, but we had all the safety in place and we had all of the like product testing and I knew the product worked. It was really just the final design pieces that I was still crafting. But I said, okay, we're going to go. We're going to launch it. Raised uh, about 25000 And then Shark Tank felt like that was enough that the investors would be interested. So invited me to start preparing for the show. So we, I actually filmed the show in September of 2019. And it was three weeks after we launched e-commerce. So wow. if anyone has seen it, they were very kind to me because there wasn't a lot to beat me up on. Yeah. So Mr. Wonderful was Did they kill your valuation? No. I went in with really a pretty reasonable valuation. I think at the time we valued it at a million dollars. And no, they thought that was reasonable for the okay, future okay. potential of the business. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great because that, that's one thing. Like, uh, especially like I'm I'm Canadian, so I'm, we watch Dragons Den. We have Shark Tank yeah. too, but but like they'll just they just kill these valuations. And I know as like somebody who's I've bought multiple companies when some sometimes people will give us these valuations. I'm like, where'd you get that from? Right. Well, like right. what's what's that based on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's great to hear. And I think I think something like your product, and you've obviously t- you know it's now come out that it obviously was worth a lot more than that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's very, very reasonable. So you got an offer. Yeah. From Lori, which was shocking because she was the shark that I wanted. I just love her energy and she's in the consumer product space. And of course she's a woman. So for all those reasons, she was my dream shark, but I knew she traditionally didn't invest in really early stage, which is what we were obviously. So I was surprised and delighted when she made an offer. So it was a dream come true. That's amazing. So let's talk about what's happened since then. You guys have obviously yeah. grown pretty substantially. Yeah. Since then, walk me through what that has been like. Yeah. So the episode aired in May of 2020. And it was really crazy because you don't know if or when it will air. They tell you two weeks before. So you don't really have an opportunity to bulk up inventory or anything like that. And ours was the season finale. And all season, I kept thinking I was seeing other people who had filmed on the same day as me that were, because we all, you know, you kind of hang out in the studio all day and you chat with everyone and you're just in the break room or whatever. And so I kept seeing them air. And I was like, oh man, like we didn't get picked. They're not going to air us. Even though we made a deal, like it, maybe it wasn't an interesting show. I, I don't know. And I, I remember everyone's like, well, maybe you'll be on the season finale. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. And then we were. And it was a Friday night during COVID and 7 million people watched. So it was- Oh my gosh. Huge, yeah. It was like a game changer for our business because we went from being completely unknown to just relatively unknown. I mean, it's not like overnight now we're some household name, but 7 million p- people are a lot of people to get exposure to. And they what was your 
web traffic like, Tara? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. I mean, now it's it's all relative, right? Because now what we did over that weekend is like just a normal. We've yeah. grown so yeah. much. But at the yeah. time, our daily sales were, I think I want to say like $10,000 or something. And then it, it was 400000 So it was just this huge, crazy increase. But I don't remember. It was, you know, 10 million percent increase. I don't remember the exact numbers, yeah. but it, it was yeah. substantial. Yeah. Let's talk different sales channels. Are you guys direct just going D to C? Are you guys in retailers, Amazon? What, what does that all look like? And talk me through your strategy with that. Yeah, we launched at such an interesting time because it was September of 2019. So this is really pre-COVID. Like we had heard a little bit of rumblings at the beginning of 2020. Nobody really knew what it was, but then all of a sudden, of course, everything shut down that was stores. So we were, in a good position because at that point we were basically 100% e-commerce. And now we're more of a 90-10 split with wholesale yeah. and then e-commerce. But at the time, that's where we were. So our operations didn't change all that much. I mean, there was inventory shortages just because everybody's trying to get stuff ordered and you know back orders with really just like the transportation side. But other than that, not too much. I don't know. It's also hard because this is like, if you look at these businesses who have been out for 10 years, this is so disruptive. But for me, this was just the world I started my business in. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I just need to figure this out. And this is where we are. There's nothing even to compare it to. So yeah. it wasn't really disruptive for me. It was just, this is what it is. And now hopefully it gets better and we go from there. But yeah, so we started as e-commerce and then we went into some retail, mostly online. And then we're in like some boutiques for in-store and a few other in-store placements. Like we're in store at Nordstrom. We'll be in store awesome. at another major retailer that I can't say yet now next year. Cool. So yeah, we're, we're moving in more in-store as well. That's great. And Amazon, anything going on there? Yeah. So we actually, it's so funny. I, I always looked at Amazon, like it was not a high-end place to be. And it was almost like, okay, we'll go to Amazon once we go to Walmart. And that was just my personal, like I don't have Amazon Prime. I go to Amazon if I want to buy something inexpensive that's for a birthday that's disposable, like a birthday decoration kind of thing. That's yeah. personally what I always thought Amazon was. So I did not want to go on Amazon. I kind of dug in my feet as long as possible, but I hired a director of e-commerce in June and he said, like, we have to be on Amazon. I mean, 80% of people start their search there. It's yeah. like not being on there is just crazy. They Gucci's on there now. So I was like, okay. And so we launched on Amazon in August and we did not expect, we sent in inventory that we thought would last for a few months and it lasted one week. Like it wow. was so immediate that people bought it. So we're like, okay, we need to order more inventory. This is a whole completely separate channel and it's going to match our website sales. So we really, I don't, I wouldn't say we've given Amazon a fair shake yet because we haven't been consistently in stock. Like we'll send a little bit in if we have extra, but the second it arrives, it sells out. Like now, I mean, at some points it was even same day, you know, we'd send a pallet and it would go the same day. So, or within, you know, a couple of days. So we're really looking to see what Amazon can do probably in like January. Incredible. That's yeah. so great to hear. Uh, Tara, I got to see the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? My secret to scaling, I think at this point, it's just hiring more people like that. So not necessarily a secret, but I brought the company by myself to 3 million. And from there, I said, I am the reason that we can't scale because I, I can't scale anymore. I'm working 12, yeah. 13, 14 hours a day. Is there something more I can do? And it wasn't that I didn't hire people because I wanted to maintain control. I'm actually, I, I would say the type of founder that I'm like, come on and spread your wings and fly. I'm not a micromanager at all. And I want to give away as much 
much as possible. But it was more just, I didn't really know who to hire or where to start. I was always nervous. What if something changes or we can't get inventory and then I can't pay them? So there was definitely a fear mindset, I think, to not hire somebody. But as soon as I hired the first person, it was, it just, the floodgates opened and I saw, oh my gosh, they can take all of this off my plate and grow that channel and Mm. more than pay for themselves. And then I just, I started hiring. I mean, I, I hire somebody new at least once a month now. Wow. That's awesome. I have to echo what Tara's saying as well. Like your team is just so, so important. One of the previous podcast guests that I'd had on recently, Roland Frazier, talks about the five different exits that you go through as an entrepreneur, right? So the first exit is just getting out of doing things, right? But then you get into management and that's kind of your first exit. And then moving from management into more of that CEO sort of role is that next exit, right? And I think that's where probably a lot of the listeners are at this point. But really guys knowing that like, Hiring those roles is invaluable, right? Don't look at your revenue today to hire those roles. Look at your revenue in a year or two, right? Knowing that you won't be able to get to those those roles. There's the, the Peter principle, which is essentially that you hit your zone of incompetence at a certain level, right? And so when you hit that zone, know that there's other people who are not incompetent in those areas that you can hire. So just wanted to reiterate what you were saying there. Wait, I love that. And so what is, what is the step four and five then? So step four is to get onto the board, right? And then you're out of all day-to-day operations and you're just setting vision. Sorry, that's step three, I believe. Or And then the next step uh, after that is just being an investor. And then the step after that is actually exiting your position as an investor. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I like that. Yeah. It's that's like nails it on the head. Exactly. Totally. So, and it's interesting too, because like with the amount of companies that we own right now, I'm in different sort of stages in each one of those and seeing the amount of freedom that it's allowed in those different areas as you continue. But you really do have to go through all the stages, right? Totally. I think that unless you're buying a company that's already incredible and already has an incredible management structure, and you're not going to get good deals on those companies, you do have to go through the stages or bring people in for those stages. Absolutely. Tara, I got three more questions for you. I hope that you are ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. First question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Asana came to mind first, which I actually don't use as much, but my team does tasks to each other all the time on that. They love it. Awesome. Awesome. Any project management software is like just an absolute must. The amount of businesses I go into that aren't using any project management software is just crazy. So (laughs) just get something. Asana, Monday, whatever it is. (laughs) Tara, second question for you. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? My favorite podcast is always um, How I Built This with Guy Raz. It's so inspiring and it tells the founder story similar to what we're doing here today, Jordan, all the way up to it's usually an exit. So it's really cool as an early founder to hear it. It's funny. Like back in probably about two years ago during the podcast, almost every single guest was saying how I built this. And I haven't heard how I built this as their favorite podcast in ages. So thank you. Thanks for for bringing that back. And yes, wonderful podcast and so inspiring, especially to people who are are scaling up their businesses right now. Yeah. Tara, I got one more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them, you could have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, whatever you like. They have to be alive. Who would it be? First person that came to mind is Oprah. Oprah, I, I good one. I didn't grow up watching Oprah, but I actually have started listening to her. She has a podcast and it's just her episodes, but she is obviously such a powerhouse and just an amazing interviewer and businesswoman. And so I would love to pick her brain. Awesome. Awesome. Tara, where can people find out more about you and more about Dreamland Baby? Yeah, absolutely. We are, I would say most active on Instagram. It's Dreamland Baby Co. And then our website is dreamlandbabyco.com. But we're on all the places, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. But those are the main. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, this was a great uh, interview. Great to get to know you a little bit more. And thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Jordan. Hey, guys. We hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.